Nobody is ready for this podcast. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Holy Shoot Wrestling Podcast, a podcast that is all about, you guessed it, the world of professional wrestling. I'm your host, Broderick, and joining me are... Hi, everyone. This is Jason. Hey, this is Chan. Hello, it's Chris. How are you all doing, guys? Pretty good. Pretty good. Fantastic. On the uh, run-up to Christmas, uh, anything special planned over the holiday season? No, not really. Just probably sleeping a lot. Um, I've got plans, spending time with loved ones and forced to spend time with people I hate. That's pretty much everyone then. Yeah. Okay, Jason. Uh, drink whiskey, watch wrestling, play video games. Sounds like mine. Sounds good. Yeah. By the way, I think I saw Tom York from Radiohead on the central line. No way. I'm pretty sure it was him. You saw Tom York? Yeah. Hasn't he got like a, a top knot now? I think he has. We're insured it. That could have been anyone. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And then maybe Chen, you want to leave? Him We're a not insured it. We're not revealing our location. <laughs> <laughs> Chen, do you want to leave a message on the podcast in case it was him? In case he's listening to the show, um, if he could confirm it, maybe you want to send him a message. Hire me. Okay. Oh. <laughs> for what? Yeah. For what? Anything. I'm, I'm looking T boys. T-boy Chen. I'm looking for ways to increase my income, you know, I'm just saying, so, you know. Yeah, I don't think Tom York's hiring you anytime soon. But, you know, hopefully, you know, Christmas dreams and wishes, they will come true. So, coming up today on this week's edition of Holy Shoot, we'll be doing a match-by-match review of TLC, discussing which WWE main roster show is better this week, and we will also be continuing our weekly segment of the... The Ring of Dishonor. But coming up first after this short musical interlude is a new... Right all with uh, the news now. So the McMahons all appeared on Raw this past Monday. One of the new things involved in the so-called shake-up was the call-ups of six NXT superstars to the main roster. Joining the previously announced Lars Sullivan is EC3, Nikki Cross, Lacey Evans and the team of Otis Dozovich and Tucker Knight aka Heavy Machinery. Who do you think will have the best chance of doing well on the main roster? I'm going to start with you Jason. I would pick out EC3. He's made for the main roster. I mean, his, his in-ring work is solid. I've yet to see him have an amazing match, but he's good enough for the main roster. Mm. But he's jacked. He looks good. He can talk. Cena's not around anymore. He could be the kind of guy that could move into that role in the next few years. I think he's going to have a big 2019. You're think he is uh, in his mid to late 30s. So you could get five years out of him at least. Yeah. yeah. Chen? EC3, his character is so ready for the main roster. He was just already, when he was already in NXT, I was like, he's being wasted there. He, yeah. He's so ready just to get called up and be put on the main roster right now. And I'm also looking forward to seeing Nikki Cross. Yeah, I think uh, we're all looking forward to both EC3 and Nikki Cross. We ran a Twitter poll to find out who the followers of the Holy Shoot podcast Twitter account at Holy Shoot Pod. Uh, preferred and they well it was 37% that said EC3 and 36% that said Nikki Cross so very close in the voting right there I tend to agree with our fans and our listeners mainly because as as you guys said EC3 he looks apart he he has got the best mic skills in NXT I don't care what anyone says Nikki Cross is a fantastic character I think she has potential to be the next Mick Foley 
the way that she comes across. I've seen her work on the independence. I've seen her work in NXT as kind of a crazier mankind. So I look forward to seeing both of them. What What do you guys uh, think of Heavy Machinery and Lacey Evans being called up? Lost. Yeah, I like Heavy Machinery. I'm just not as excited about them coming up. Mm. Lacey Evans, meh. I think you know she's going to be a body on the roster. Um, with Heavy Machinery, they're a tag team, so I just the tag team division in general. I don't really expect too much. Mm. With Lacey, I think her character could work on the main roster, um, and that's just about it. Wrestling ability-wise, I don't care. But character-wise, I think it could work. I think Lacey's shown improvement over the year. I quite like her, but I think she'll just get lost in the shuffle. I think there's so many talented women on the roster right now until they have like either a good tag team partner for her or they set up a mid-card belt, which who knows how far on down the line that will be. She's not going to be up there with the Becky Lynch's or the Charlotte Flair's. Heavy Machinery, I absolutely love them, but yeah, WWE has pretty much shown that they don't care enough about the tag team division to make them feel anything special or relevant. Also, can we agree that out of all these call-ups, Lars will be the one to get the biggest push? I don't know. I think it could be EC3. I think Lars could get a bit of a monster push, but then they'll get bored of him. You think so? Like right yeah. back? It'll be like yeah. right back? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I think. I he, hope so. I think EC3 is yeah, he's the, one. the next level. And, you know, they brought him back after releasing him. And he's shown how good he is on the. He's insanely good on the mic, and it'll be an absolute waste not to do anything good or great with him. So I mentioned tag teams. This is a little segue. The Young Bucks said goodbye to Ring of Honor at the final battle show last weekend, and they teased that they were going to be in New York very soon. However, in the last episode of Being the Elite, they teased that they also rejected WWE's advances by superkicking a guy called H. Is All Elite Wrestling more than just a rumor now, or is this an announcement for All In 2, perhaps? Chen? First of all, if you're not watching the YouTube channel of Being the Elite, you're missing out. Am I? Yes, you are. It's so entertaining. And um, I think this is very true. Like, I think they've got enough success independently. Why wh- and why not go full-time running their own promotion? And I don't know where the finances are coming from, but, you know. Tony Khan. Is that confirmed? Mm. I don't know. I think it's more than just rumor at this point. Jason? Yeah, I don't know. I think they're probably not doing something with Tony Khan. I like, but I don't know. I enjoy when you don't quite know where something's going to go to and what will be announced in January or something along those lines. Yeah, I am definitely looking forward to what they're announcing next month. I suspect it's going to be all in two more than anything else at this moment. And maybe then they'll announce their television show. Are they still under contract with New Japan? Or is that coming to an end soon as well? I think... They might be under contract with New Japan still. I mean, they are booked for Wrestle Kingdom 13. They are in the either heavyweight tag team title match or the junior heavyweight tag team title match. I'm not entirely sure off the top of my head. However, New Japan's contracts tend to expire in January because I think another room, well, another bit of fan speculation out there is, oh, well, Kenny Omega appeared this year's Royal Rumble and it's been debunked because he's appearing at Wrestle Kingdom 
And if he appears at Wrestle Kingdom, the chances are that he will be available from January 31st, which is the date after the Royal Rumble. So not to get too sidetracked here, I think they're still going to be contracts from New Japan for, for like a another few month weeks. or two. Yeah. yeah, for another month, but that'll be about it. Okay. So speaking of people leaving promotions, Bray Wyatt cryptically tweeted a goodbye during the broadcast of WWE Raw this week, uh, thereby hinting that he is leaving the company. Is this just Wyatt toying with the fans? Yep. I don't think Wyatt's leaving. Um, I think he's just playing. He's just saying things just to stay irrelevant because he's not on TV right now. But I expect him to be back for the Rumble. Yeah, he's just saying things. I think they're building something out. WWE social media accounts are playing into it and the website and like following and sort of saying about these weird messages. So it's definitely storyline related. Oh, are they? Yeah. I was, oh. I, they've done a few. If they're, I think they've done the <laughs> W.com. They were actually talking about the cryptic tweets. Well, I regret putting that this in the news. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say I wouldn't blame him for leaving, but uh, if you know, if he's tweeting any old shit, then it doesn't matter. So uh, that wraps up the big news of this week. After a short ad break from our affiliate, we will be reviewing WWE TLC 2018. This podcast is affiliated with the WWL Meetup Group. WWL or Watch Wrestling London get together with many fans to watch pay-per-view replays on Monday nights and attend live events across London, be it WWE, Progress, Rev Pro, Eve and many more. It's a great way to watch wrestling with friendly people and all are welcome to join. You can find out more at WatchWrestling.London or just Google Watch Wrestling London and you'll find the Meetup page. So, uh, that was a interesting ad read there from Jason. Uh, what is the next event? The Royal Rumble! I am both scared and aroused. <laughs> so, that was a bloody good ad read. WWE's TLC pay-per-view happened this Sunday. Twelve matches happened in what was an extremely long show, but it certainly had its fair share of moments. We'll be going through match by match and giving some thoughts on each one. However, briefly... How did you guys find TLC this year? It was a tale of two halves. I think the first half of the show was just too many matches. And the second half, uh, despite one match not being what you expected, the second half of the match was a lot. The second half of the card was a lot more enjoyable. I was just disappointed in the fact that not every match was a TLC. It was just some stupid, normal Vince Russo has joined the podcast. Every match should be on fire and in a cage. Listen, if you're gonna name Listen a pay-per-view, if you're gonna name a pay-per-view under a specific thing like Hell in a Cell or Tables TLC, Tables, Ladders and Chairs, every match should be a Tables, Ladders and Chairs. Were Just- you disappointed when Great Balls of Fire wasn't everyone <laughs> with balls on fire? <laughs> Don't get me started with that, okay? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we are now introducing Chlamydia on a pole match. Chris. TLC, I didn't really enjoy it, to be honest. Really? No. I thought, wow, uh, I thought this was a show that didn't have anything that was mind-blowing, but I didn't find anything that particularly awful either, which is quite refreshing for a main roster pay-per-view this year. So let's just get on with it. First up is the pre-show opener, as Buddy Murphy successfully retained the Cruiserweight Championship over Cedric Alexander in a rematch from Super Showdown. Was this super good or super meh? I'm going to start with you, Chris, in the corner. It was meh. Not super meh, but regular meh. Regular meh. 
Regular male, regular good, Chan. I didn't watch it. What do you mean you didn't watch it? If it's on the pre-show, I was like, ah, I can't be bothered. If if it's not going to be good, if it's not important to Vince and them lot, then I'm sorry. It's not important to me. Fantastic analysis, Chan. Jason, <laughs> it was not as good as their previous matches. Mm. I think. There's, I've got a few comments on this show in terms of the pacing and the matches where they were placed in terms of trying to build the card up, which I actually appreciate, but it meant these guys didn't go all out. I thought it was a good match. It was a shame that nobody really saw it. I mean, just take Chen, for example. I don't think it was as good as Super Showdown either, but it was still a pretty fast-paced match. I enjoyed it. Uh, I would give this like a three-star. I think they given given a bit more time or probably on a bigger stage like i don't know the main card then i think it probably just lit up a bit more but that's Um, just me we all picked buddy last week we all did our predictions when we were doing the preview and we all picked buddy to win this match so no surprises none whatsoever the other pre-show match was elias versus lashley in a ladder match aside from the change stipulation which confused the masses at home watching what was this the uh, worst match of the night? Chen, I would ask you, but you didn't watch this match. So, Chris, I'm going to start with you again. Um, I've got to be honest, I didn't watch it either. Fucking hell. <laughs> I made the effort after the main show to go back and watch the pre-show. I, wa- I watched the pre-show live, but that's because I was sulking that my New York Giants got eliminated. So, from the uh, NFL. Um, I mean, I was one of the people that watch this and I don't I hadn't paid enough attention because I was like doing other things and then the match is happening and Elias gets a guitar down and it's over and I thought I thought they have to now hit each other with the guitar even though that made no sense that was meant to be the match so I was a little confused and it was just filler yeah I don't think the match itself was awful there's quite a few people that was like uh this is bad I just think the booking was poor you have Elias win and then Lashley gets a beat down afterwards and neither guy really stands tall looks good so it was classic 50-50 booking really in the worst possible sense so then the main show kicked off as R-Truth and Carmella defeated Jinder Mahal and Alicia Fox to win the mixed match challenge in a show loaded with stars they went with these four and boy it was underwhelming Uh, do you agree Jason? It was, yeah, probably underwhelming. I wasn't expecting much of this, so I don't know if I can be underwhelmed. I mean, my main notes on this was that Alicia Fox and Camilla, they're not brilliant in the ring, but Alicia Fox is particularly bad and sloppy, including the finishing move where Camilla hadn't even applied the finishing tap-out hold properly, and Fox was already tapping before it's even applied properly. That's just lazy and not good wrestling. It's Alicia Fox. What do you expect? Jen? Yeah, I didn't have high expectations for this match anyway but i was surprised that it went on first they could have given this slot to and someone like the buddy murphy and cedric alexander instead yep um i mean on that i, I did expect this to be on the pre-show but they actually showed this match on facebook watch as well so if you if, even if you didn't have w network you could see this they, they aired it on both platforms so i think that's why it was the opener so they could plug the actual pay-per-view at the same time and you know this 30th spot is just going to go two ways, especially on our troops side, because, you know, he's just going to do the comedy stuff at the Royal Rumble. Yeah. Chris? Rubbish. Yeah, I've put down a pile of unentertaining crap. This has no business being on the pay-per-view, and that's all I want to say about it. So, moving on, we saw the uh, Bar retain the SmackDown Tag Team titles over the New Day and Usos. 
Will WWE allow another tag team to shine after this match? And we're not going to go too far into SmackDown this past week because, of course, other tag teams did shine. But what do you guys think, Chen? I mean, it wasn't great early and it wasn't shit, but it's like I've seen these three just face each other so much. I'm just kind of numb to it now. Breach. Breach. Chris. Yeah, I agree with Chen. I'm really bored with this. We need something new. Shake it up a little bit. Um, I thought this was a two and a half star match. I mean, it was fun, but it was also only 12 minutes. And again, this goes to the pacing of the card. I thought this kind of match with these three teams needed longer to be a good match. You can only do so much with three teams in 12 minutes. I'm glad the bar retained. I think three of us had thought that. Everyone apart from Broad expected the bar to be retaining the belts on this match. But Broad went for the Usos. Yeah, anything to shake it up but yeah boy this this was a forgettable match i'm pretty sure it was a good match i just can't remember a damn thing because i'm so immune to what these guys do in the ring and i don't want to see these guys face each other for another six months but guess what's happening next week smackdown guys so uh what came was next was more of an angle than a match braun Strowman beat baron corbin in a tlc match if you can call it a TLC match, with the help of Apollo Crews, Ch- uh, Bobby Roode, Chad Gable, Finn Balor, and a returning Kurt Angle, Strowman gets his universal title shot, and Corbin is no longer the general manager of Monday Night Raw. Did you guys like this segment? Um, it's clear, but Braun still isn't cleared. But on the plus side, Apollo got to be on one of the main shows. I, I forgot Apollo existed. Um, Chris? Uh, it's probably the most enjoyable moment well, most entertaining moment of TLC. Uh, I just really enjoyed seeing Baron Corbin get fucked up. It was great. <laughs> Chen. Chen. <laughs> Chen, as a Corbin fanboy, and we're not talking Jeremy here. I am a huge Corbin fanboy. And I was just like, what is this? Like, obviously the general manager gimmick will eventually wear off. And you need Corbin to go back into the lone wolf type of persona he was doing. With that being said, when I saw those wrestlers outside the ring, I was like, the fuck is Apollo Crews doing there? <laughs> like, like, why is he there? He had no beef with the manager or nothing like that from what I remember. And I was just like, ugh. But, you know, I just don't like the way they did it as well. Like, oh, the way Strowman got the win and everything. Like, I'm, I'm going to stop you there. I love this angle. I think it might be my favourite bit of the show. I thought it was well booked. I thought it was smart, making look, making Braun Strowman look smart. I'm glad the Corbin era is dead. Um, I think many Tories feel that way too. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're not that political in this podcast. Don't worry. Uh, I think the payoff was more than satisfactory. The journey to this point was not, and I think that's where the frustration lies. But it was it was good to see just some babyface United saying, "Hey, fuck this." We're going to beat you down. We're going to give you the beating you deserve. They gave him the beating that that character deserved. Braun gets a victory. I thought this was extremely smart from WWE. I did did not see this sort of booking coming. They kind of booked themselves into a corner because they had to have Braun win this match. So so how creative could they be with doing it? And I I like that it did turn the tide on faces actually working together and being smart. Mm. How refreshing is it to see a smart baby face for one? It's just... uh, I'm sorry, I, I really love this angle. I, I give this an A-plus of an angle. I, I enjoyed it. Sorry, Chen. Sorry. Don't touch me. 
Don't touch me. <laughs> anyway, I don't usually like tables matches, but I've got to say this. The Italian Ruby Wright put on a good match with bumps galore. Natty ended up winning what was a good end to an underwhelming feud. Do you agree? I'd kind of forgotten this match happened when I was writing my notes up and I realised, oh, I'd forgotten the tables match and I had to no. go back and add my notes, which is a shame because I actually, the, I liked how they played it out overall. I mean, I think it wasn't the best match in the world. I loved Liv's table bump. Oh, I love that she bump. She took it so like solid on that table, the way she sort of flew through the air. Mick, Mick Foley was crying a tear of joy at that one. I'll well, that, tell you that. And so that worked because you knew after that, oh, they're all taking table bumps so as well. But yeah. Yeah, I, I I really enjoyed the fact that, especially Liz Bump, I also enjoyed Sarah Logan taking the table bump too. I thought that was pretty fun. Chen? Yeah, I really liked this match. I wasn't that interested in the rivalry but mm. uh, until last week, but I really liked that everyone got involved in this match, even the people standing on the sidelines. And, yeah, um, you know, Nai, I don't know if she will probably get another win for another year, but... At least she can enjoy this one win. Well, I think oh, she she won the Royal Gauntlet. Yeah. I mean, talking about the next show, I think this wrapped up the feud and we now go into something interesting with her and Ronda. So. Mm. Chris, <laughs> your thoughts? Uh, better than expected. A few good spots. Yeah, it's okay. Oh, I, I thought this was a good match on the whole. You know, I said everything I need to say about this match. Uh, anyway. But I just want to say this. Ruby Wright, you're a star. I see big things in your future. I don't. She'll be glad that you feel that way about her. Yeah, no, we'll, we'll, we'll let her know. Yeah. <laughs> she, please tweet at her. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, she listens to the show. Yeah, chain. she's probably listening like, right like, now. Like, you know, like Alexa Bliss, Alistair Black, <laughs> Zena Vega, and of course, Tom York of Radiohead fame. Especially Tom York. Yeah, he's, he's our number one fan. Yeah. Thanks, Tom. <laughs> we appreciate it. Yeah. Okay, computer. I mean, Chris. <laughs> mm, Radiohead jokes. Mm, so 90s. Anyway, moving on. Dolph Ziggler. Is he a face or is he a heel? Probably neither. He helped Finn Balor defeat a dominant Drew McIntyre, but then assaulted Balor backstage after the match. Why? And does, quite frankly, anybody care? I enjoyed the actual match quite a bit. I mean, I'm a Finn Balor fan that we've established before, but they did a good David versus Goliath type booking here. Which was quite well done. I was not into this match, and if I'm honest, I'm not into Drew McIntyre. What? I think he's a great pro wrestler, but his character lacks at something which great heels have. I do not see him as a future Universal Champion. See, I thought he looked like a beast in this match. I, he doesn't get the fan reaction. I think he does. I, I don't. Remember. I think no, he. I, does. I, have you do. seen? Have you seen his promos? Silence. Yeah, I love it. I, no, silence from the fans. I, it's just nothing that inspiring. I don't. Listen, I want Drew McIntyre to succeed, not just because, you know, Scottish blood and all that, but he's just lacking that something. The effort is there. He is a fucking good wrestler, like one of the best and raw, but he just doesn't have that character for me where I think I can invest in that match. I care more about Finn Balor. I care more about Dolph Ziggler at this point. I I went into this match, I just went, you know what? Eh. And maybe it's because I've seen this feud so many times or it just felt like I've seen the, these two guys face each other before. But I didn't care the fact that he got pinned. I don't care about the fact that he has a winning streak. I don't care if he becomes Universal Champion 2019. He's just it's uninspired, in my opinion. Chris, I'll, I'll let you speak because you haven't spoken yet. Well, yeah, I, was, yeah I, was, I didn't really enjoy the match. 
as we're talking about McIntyre, yeah, he on paper he's got everything. He's good on the mic. He's got the look. He's really good in the ring. But he, as you said, he just lacks that kind of spark. Yeah. Should should he turn face? He was better. He was better as a face on NXT than he was as a is as a heel on Raw, in yeah. my opinion. And I'm not just saying that because. Ooh, NXT booking is better. I just think he actually w- worked better as a face. Like, I'm here to be the man of this industry. I'm here to take this industry to the next level. I'm here to raise everybody's game up. And it works as a face. He was incredibly likable in NXT. Yeah. yeah. Just like for everything you just said. Yeah, he he was really likable. But it was like, he was a badass likable as well. It was something that Roman could have been as well. Yeah. I agree. Um, not to go too far into Roman. Anyway. Uh, Wait, does- you're forgetting my opinion. No one oh, cares. No no one cares. I mean, you didn't even watch the pre-show, Chen, so fuck you. <laughs> Joking aside, apologies, Chen. I love. I like the match, the David versus Goliath. Um, as we're speaking about Drew McIntyre, I'd rather they push him than Braun Strowman. I think he's everything. What? Yep. I've, I think I'd rather they push him than Braun Strowman. Braun Strowman's over. More, nah. more over, more over than Drew McIntyre. I mean, if you don't think he's more over than Drew McIntyre, I'm not sure what you've been smoking. I think it's worth saying we all picked Drew to win this match, and we all got it wrong. So and, we've, we've got the booking wrong. And <laughs> talking about uh, Ziggler, I think oh, they're yeah. giving him the Big Show treatment. Like, if they need a face, put Ziggler. If they need a heel, put Ziggler. They don't even know what to do. Yeah, with him. so he, like he's not even face or heel. He's yeah. just there. I think we can look forward to a few months of Ziggler just. Doing that whole, I'll win some, lose some, I'll shout, and no one knows what I'm doing. Yeah, and that, gi- and that gives an excuse to go to get him a raise because no one wants him to. Go- WWE yeah. doesn't want to go hope- into All Elite or New Japan. Yeah. Anyway, moving on, uh, Rey Mysterio beat Randy Orton in the chairs match. Firstly, was this a good chairs match? And secondly, is this feud over? Chen, since I ignored you in the last one, you can go first. So I didn't care about the stipulation, but I really did enjoy this match. And really? Especially how creative Rey Mysterio was with the chairs. I like that penguin slide thing that yeah, he did. Yeah, that was awesome. That, that, was, that was like a highlight for me. The slide on the chair outside the ring onto mm. Orton was a very... I mean, I'm on record saying I fucking hate chair matches. I think we mentioned that last yeah. week. Yeah. But Rey made a couple of matches. Is that going in the ring of dishonor? <laughs> we'll do it at some point. <laughs> Um, I think the bit that I liked Ray, like, he actually made some, some of this match enjoyable because mm. of the stuff you just talked about, some of those innovative things. Yeah. Chris? Uh, I'll give the Penguin side five stars. The rest of the match was pretty mediocre, to be honest. Yeah, I kind of agree with Chris. I, I think the roll-up finish was actually quite nice here, but apart from that... I think Ray, when Ray was on offense, it was good. When it went to Orton doing his slow, methodical, I'm just going to take it easy, Orton beat down. Mode. I will put the chin lock on. I will slowly do everything. That Orton got, mode. Yeah, that got really boring. But I did love the um, use of chairs at the end for the sit on the chairs, flip, roll up. It was a good little innovative end. Yeah. So I think Ray made it watchable. Yeah, I'm just waiting for that Ray versus Andrade feud. And I'm still waiting. Anyway. So far, so average. I think we can all agree. But then the show stepped up a gear as Ronda Rousey defeated Nia Jax to retain the Raw Women's Championship. What were your overall thoughts on this match? Chris, I'm going to start with you because you hate Nia Jax even more than I do. Yeah, I did say I wasn't going to watch this match, but... You did. Yeah, I did. (laughs) Hypocrite. (laughs) Well, it was... I can't say it was a great match, but I was really impressed by Rousey. She made... Well... 
she didn't make Nia look good. Nia looked awful. Wow. She was she looked so sloppy in the ring, in my opinion. Oof. The Simon Cowell pro wrestling right there. <laughs> a producer on the microphone and a critic of good wrestling. Jason. Um this is where the card stepped up for me. Mm. I I find it weird. Whenever we talk about Ronda, you think she's gotta be rookie of the year. By far. I can't think of anyone you'd compare it to and you think a true rookie where she's come into it in the last year. And you wanna like mock or like dis- discredit her, but whenever she's on a match, like in a big match, she holds up her end of the bargain completely. And she made this really good. I enjoyed the way she climbed around Jax. Is it just one little thing? Did everyone notice that Ronda's makeup wasn't as crazy as normal and find it weirdly yeah. off putting? <laughs> it was just really weird. I was kind of drunk at this point. <laughs> I was watching it like she didn't have a normal crazy eye makeup. She had a lot of foundation on instead. And I was like, where's, where's normal crazy Ronda look? This is not what I expect from Ronda. But outside of that, yeah, great, great match. Really enjoyed it. Good makeup analysis, uh, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> One day when you're married or you have a living partner, you will understand women's makeup a bit more and understand when there is too much foundation. No, Jason, I think that's just something you're interested in, isn't it? <laughs> we, we don't care what you do on a Sunday, but no yeah, let's leave here. it off the podcast. Wow. Now no, I just feel torn apart because I'm single. I'm crying inside. Chan, cheer me up, buddy. Yeah, I really, really enjoyed this match. And going what Jason said, yeah, Ronda just keeps getting better and better and better. Um, I mean, I wish her promo skills would get better and better as quickly as her wrestling skills. But she's so she's always, always improving. And mm. I really like how Nia performed in this match. And I think we all knew, agree that Ronda was definitely going to win but I think Nia put on a good performance yeah I I really don't like Nia Jax as everyone knows from last week's podcast but I have to give credit where credit is due and this was a well rehearsed match Nia didn't hurt anyone that's a plus in the Nia booking it's a fucking miracle maybe Uh, Nia isn't hurting anyone everyone else is just too weak and needs more calcium (laughs) Nia Roster needs more calcium (laughs) Jesus Christ, this podcast has gone downhill. So, bring it back on topic. Every time I'm down on Ronda each week on Raw, she makes up for it by shining when the lights are brightest. I love her her work on pay-per-view, and uh, may it continue as far as I'm concerned. I will say this, though, just just as a little side, Becky's little segment with Nia Jax just after this match. Yeah, money. So awesome. Yeah, so awesome. So awesome! But yeah, no, I love this match. Uh, it surpassed my expectations. I think it was better than their Money in the Bank match, which I also really enjoyed and surpassed my expectations yeah, I'd too. I agree. So yeah, um, moving on. Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles had their third match for the WWE Championship in as many months. Daniel won with the roll-up. No doubt this match was going to be good, but how good was it is is a question that I'm asking both of you. And do we see another match at the Rumble? So how good was it? is the question I'm asking you both. So, we know it's good, but was uh, it great? I will say this was my match of the night. I know some of you may prefer the main event, but just in terms of, I prefer a great match like this. I prefer the Elias versus Lashley, but Chen didn't (laughs) see it. Um, I love the way that Daniel Bryan has changed his mannerisms from his walk to the ring, the way that he rolls out of the ring in the match. He's doing all the little things to make you a heel, which makes you care more about the actual storytelling that's going on. They're so smooth, these guys together, the way they work, the way they counted each other. Um, And they were given enough time. 
which is why I really enjoyed it. And AJ still seems strong because it was kind of, a roll-up finish is not a bad way to lose. Yeah, with this match, the only difference is between this match and the other matches is Daniel Bryan's character as being the superhero, which made it the match way more interesting. And I think on paper, everyone pro- probably thought this match was going to be the best match of the night. Um, I don't have too many things to complain about this match, but maybe I preferred a no disqualification or something like that. Like, both got counted out and then carried on to the Rumble. What? You want an AJ style Shinsuke Nakamura feud between Styles and Bryan? Well, as in because just they this had match. the double count out, they had the double disqualification, yeah, and went then, on and on. No one cared, which is a shame because they had a great last man standing match. I'm sorry, but I it, have to interrupt here. Boring. It just keeps both of them strong, and in my opinion, this feud should end in I, the rumble. I, I think I, the I think the roll up kept them strong. I think, yeah, I think this roll up. You think uh, a loss is a loss. A loss is. <laughs> Outside interference, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> heads are laughing just some guy thought oh you know what and pop, pop into this Clean room it. this wouldn't have happened in the other room <laughs> yeah yeah to the person who organised this uh, room we're not going to say who because you know or you guys can just record in like a pub next time <laughs> oh god Chris briefly because we're taking up your time uh, it was good that's all I'm going to say don't really care for this rivalry anymore the fuck really the fuck? Really? No, yeah, the just... fuck? That, that's not going to be the next watch hand. <laughs> really? I don't really care. Oh, fair enough. I thought it was a great match. I I get where Chan is coming from, where I, I kind of wish it had a definitive finish. Um, judging by the fact that they appeared a tag team match together this past week on SmackDown, I suspect they're going to have one last match at the Royal Rumble. If they do go at the Rumble, I hope they just let them go for an hour or something ridiculously long because these guys deserve to have a five-star match together. And this, as good as it was, could have been taken up another notch. So turn the Rumble into a new person enters the Rumble every 10 seconds and give that time to AJ and Daniel Bryan. Well, the Rumble's going to be four hours. I, I, think, no, I, mean, I like that idea, though. I like two, the idea of a two, crazy Rumble where two, 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 two Rumbles. <laughs> two Rumbles are going to last 70 minutes. You have, what, an hour and a half, two hours to do something else in that time, you know? Why not give him an extra long match? Because, you know, Brock versus Braun's not going to last two minutes. So my rant aside, we'll just move on to something less good, which is Dean Ambrose versus Seth Rollins. Dean Ambrose beat his former Shield partner Seth Rollins to capture the Intercontinental Championship. This match received generally negative reviews. The fans chanted boring and even Vince McMahon was fuming with the reaction from the fans. So much so that he is even considering Seth Rollins' rumoured title shot at WrestleMania against Brock Lesnar. Was it that bad? It was so boring. Like, I always thought these two could never have a boring match because they wrestled against each other so much and they have such great chemistry but for some reason this match was just so dead i don't know if it's because they went after daniel bryan aj styles and like i expected probably these two to level up even more than that match but i don't know i just hated it the fans were also chanting for becky so to add to that point i think they were just waiting for the women's tlc match to happen at this point jason 
Yeah, I think we all picked Dean to win. We knew that was going to happen. If you look at the match times, this pretty much got the exact same amount of time as AJ and Daniel Bryan. Whereas that match was really good. This one just dragged. And it lacked the intensity. This is a serious feud. And mm. they just started with normal wrestling. You're meant to wail on each other, act like you hate each other. And they just had a wrestling match. It was, it was like a slow burner that never really picked up and went anywhere. So when it finished, I was just like, oh, that's it. Very disappointing. I just want to say, I was probably more interested in Corey's comments to Renee about her marriage to Dean. He was ruining the match. I mean, Corey, it was no, just too I much. Thought, I thought Renee was bloody awful as well. I think both of them were awful. I think it was weird because Corey's meant to be the heel commentator, but for that match, he was trying to be the good guy and like make Renee look like a scum for marrying Dean. <laughs> <laughs> Renee looked like a scum. <laughs> not, not just scum, a scum. <laughs> hey, Chris, you're an a scum. <laughs> How dare you? How dare I? How dare you be a scum? He's actually looking dejected. So I, I said the match itself wasn't awful. It just wasn't the right match. If it was two friends wrestling each other on Raw for a spot in a pay-per-view match, then this would have been fine. But for a blood feud, this is pretty unacceptable. I would say these guys should have been brawling with hatred, not going one stop down to headlock town. And that, yeah, it just, they got the they got the mood wrong. They, yeah, they totally got the mood wrong. I I really can't remember too much apart of this match apart from the shield fist bump that was that that little bit was good and then the trick into the dirty deeds but apart from that they just, just went, absolutely they, nothing they just went through the motions basically it just lacked something I mean Seth Rollins and we might discuss this in our upcoming uh, best of 2018 pay per view could be you know WWE's best star of the year and. Um, it just it's lacked, just a disappointing end. It just lacked intensity, in my opinion. Like, mm, yeah, I think we all mutually agree that it lacked a bit of intensity. So, lastly, and more importantly, we saw Asuka win her first SmackDown Women's Championship by beating then-champion Becky Lynch and the other challenger, Charlotte Flair, in the first ever, as WWE likes to say, women's TLC match. So, I've got three questions for you, gentlemen. A, did this deserve to main event? B, did the right person win? And C, give this match a star rating. Jason, since you're most like Dave Meltzer here and probably obsessed with star ratings, I'm going to start with you. So, did this match, did this deserve to main event? Did the right person win? Give this a star rating. It deserved to main event. I think they chose the right person to win thinking about the bigger picture and long term plans to mania. Mm -hmm. And in terms of a match rating, it's probably more of a three and a half for me, but it's mainly because you know, I liked AJ and Daniel more and I prefer more wrestling than pure, like hitting each other with weapons. It was well done for that kind of match. It's just not the kind of thing I prefer. God, you're so old, Jason. <laughs> Boo. You hate the attitude era. I just my favorite spot in this was Charlotte Spear with Oscar through the barricade. Yeah. And that wasn't weapons. That was just like, boom, through the barricade. <laughs> that fucking hurt. And you can tell. Chen, I'm going to ask you the three same, same three questions. It Did definitely deserved to main event. Mm -hmm. um, I, I don't think Oscar should have won, and I'm glad she did, because especially since WrestleMania, her career's just been floundering. And so I'm glad she's finally got the title. Yep. I'll give it four stars. Out of five? Yeah. Huh. And there are so many good spots in this match. I think we'll, we'll discuss in a little bit more depth in a minute. 
So, Chris, what's your opinion? Well, it doesn't matter what your opinion is. It doesn't. So I'm going to talk. So, uh, I think this deserved a main event because, quite frankly, this is the only match I was interested in. Uh, I would give this four and a half stars out of five. It's a high, high rating. I really enjoyed this. I rewatched it and I was like, oh, this is I can see this really coming up in our match of the year discussion in the next podcast. Ooh, tease. Listen next week, ladies and gentlemen. However, I thought Charlotte Flair should have won. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I think... I think I said Charlotte, I thought Charlotte was going to win, but I'm happy that Asuka did. So the reason why I wanted Charlotte win is just, I think I've said this in last week's pod, but I can't remember. Basically, I want to see Charlotte win the belt because that would have led to a champion versus champion match at the Royal Rumble. So, you know, you don't need to have two win- two women's title matches. You could just have one champion versus champion. You get rid of that feud. Becky Lynch wins the women's Royal Rumble, goes to Raw. Challenges Ronda Rousey at WrestleMania. And in between, you can have Becky Lynch versus Nia Jax and have the payoff to that if this angle that they had at TLC meant nothing. I will say this, though. I did not love the ending of this match. It was... I, I, I guess what I get why they did it. Still, mm. It ties into the bigger picture. But yeah. it did seem odd that Becky and Charlotte were on that ladder for quite a while waiting for Ronda to knock them over. That's what stood out in my mind. I didn't even like the way Ronda p- pushed that ladder. It's like she just flicked it and it just, I don't know, there's not much force, no aggression on her face or anything. Becky had to like drop herself over the rope yeah. and then out of the ring. It wasn't the best. Yeah, ending. yeah. Just a rookie mistake. She's not used to that sort of environment. So, eh, I, I, I'll give her a pass on that one. I, yeah, as you said, I kind of get why they did what she did. But it made it look like a heel. Yeah. And that's not what they want. That's a, not what the people want. It's hard to work out what they're doing with Ronda, because then she's back on Raw trying to be a face and getting booze. They're, they're struggling to get that balance. I don't think she was that heavily booed on Raw this week. I saw, I saw, I saw a bit of a negative fan reaction to her. Maybe I'm just seeing too yeah. much into it. She didn't deserve it, because yeah. she's actually been pretty good this year. But I, guess none I, of it, I think the situation reaction. is any woman who, who has time, like pro mic time, uh, they're just going to get booed because of Becky. Yeah. The fans just want Becky. Yeah. The, who, you know, she, she, she has been one of the MVPs of the year. But I'll say this, though. Not just because I wanted Charlotte to win this match, but I thought she was the standout of this match. I think the amount of bumps she took, the bit where she took the simple canes. I mean, she had Becky's full weight land on her in that leg drop spot. The table bump, which didn't break properly, that was horrible. And then... I think she had the back exploded through a table into a barricade. Yeah, that was a good spot. And, and the spear. Oh, my day. She sold like an absolute champ. She bumped like a champ. She owned that match. So as much as people don't like her, she has my... No, don't get me wrong. I love Charlotte. Mm. Um, credible wrestler. But she's been champion for like seven times now. Just yeah. She doesn't need it. True. Yes. On that, none of us picked Asuka to win that match. No. On our predictions last week. So, I, I just want to ask one last question. Chris, what was your favourite spot in the match? Well, it doesn't matter what your favourite spot is. But what does matter is that we've discussed TLC, but I want your final thoughts, gentlemen. So, give me an overall grade from A plus to F and give me your MVP for the night. I actually am going to start with you, Chris, and I'm not going to interrupt this time. MVP, Ronda Rousey. Ooh. 
You're liking that interference. You're liking that interference. And uh, what grade would you give the show? Uh, C minus. Chan? Yeah, probably the MVP is going to be Ronda. And I'll give it Ooh. a C. Thinking about it, I've got to say Ronda as well, just because of that match, how well they did, and then her involvement in the main event. I object to the fact we're now doing a grading based on letters rather than out of five stars. I don't I, care. So I'll just give it a C. You didn't write the script, so, you know, F you. Like the John Cena move. I'm going to give this... Oh, God. I'm going to give this a B-. minus, And I'm going to say my MVP was Charlotte. So... Wait, before we go, Jason, who won the predictions? So just to oh, wrap yes. up our predictions, so last week we all predicted each of the matches, including the pre-show. We ended up with, of the 12 matches, both Chen and Chris got eight. That doesn't mean we don't actually have any winners. So we don't get to see what's in the box. You don't get to see what's in the box. I will save what's in the box until the Royal Rumble predictions. I'll just hope it stays alive until then. <laughs> Jesus, that sounds morbid. Uh, so that wraps up our review of TLC 2018. Up, uh, up next after this musical interlude is our thoughts on what followed on both Raw and SmackDown. So every week on this podcast, we will decide which one of WWE's flagship shows were better, SmackDown and Raw. And we are calling this segment Smackdown vs. Raw because we are super original. This week, we were guaranteed a quote-unquote shake-up. What do you guys think of this week's Raw? So let, let's start with the opener. Uh, Mr. McMahon promised... Uh, sorry, the entire McMahon family, should I say. Excuse me. Uh, promised change after kind of acknowledging their failures over the past month. Uh, we saw Raw... Uh, Baron, former Raw General Manager Baron Corbin no longer in charge, and he got another beat down. So much for change. But what what do you think of the McMahon's announcement and how that affected both Raw and SmackDown? Pretty early days, not a huge amount of change apart from what was already set in motion storyline wise. But interested to see where it goes. Um, yes, yeah, early days, like Jason said. But it was interesting to hear Stephanie talking about them not not listening to the audience. And then Triple H saying, from now on, you guys are the authority. So they can blame it on us. Yeah. I'm worried we're going to go back to, the universe decides the matches. Let's have a poll. <laughs> oh, then, no. PG era peak. Yeah, that's my concern. I thought it was weird, like, um, when Corbin came out, how he got so many boos. First of all, I thought that was great. Yeah. But then Steph was acting like she wasn't the one who appointed him in the first place. Yeah, it was kind of... I thought this segment was rubbish. Yeah. I I felt like, oh, so when we meant change, we're going to go back to 2014 and we're just going to have the authority again. Yeah. Whoop-de-doo. Um, yeah, I, I did like Corbin's work here. I did like the fact that he got another beat down. That will never stop being satisfying as far as I'm concerned. But apart from that, um, it, I mean, Jason was right. It was too early to say what changes could be made. With the beatdown, I just hope, again, the managers aren't blaming Corbin for the bad rating. It's the whole product. The, it's, also, it's supposed to be just story. I don't think they uh, actually blame be. Corbin. It better be. He's a star. Also, again, <laughs> again. <laughs> You're the only person who thinks Baron Corbin's a main eventer. Again, why was Apollo Crews there? So, moving on, I think we're just going to talk about the main event, which I think was pretty good on the whole which was the women's gauntlet match to determine number one contender for next week's episode of raw although it was recorded this week uh which saw natalia beat seven other women 
to basically face Ronda Rousey for the Raw Women's Championship. Jason, again, I'm going to start with you. What do you think of the match in the whole? Um, it's a gauntlet match. There's only so much you can do in these matches, but I like what it's actually setting up. It was the entire last hour. Was it that long in total? Jesus. Felt like it. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, they had a lot of ad breaks. Close to half I guess, an hour. I'm guessing because of the ad breaks. Uh, yeah, I th- maybe Chen's right. I can't remember. Yeah. I was a bit tired, but... but. Yeah. I like, I mean, I, I'm happy with Natty won and she's moving on from the feud with the right squad and she can move on to what happens with her and Ronda. Is it eventual like he'll turn? Mm. It's going to be interesting to see where they go. I know they're having a match already, but I think there's more to it than that. I don't think there is. That'd be disappointing. I, th- I think it just wraps up one and done next week on Raw. Uh, I thought Bailey was really good in this match. I just, her set in general was really, really good. I got to say that. And, I kind of wish she went all the way because she started at number one. and Yeah, I was a bit disappointed. I was disappointed Natalia won as well, although it made sense in terms of how they've booked recently. Uh, a couple of other things. The Revival get a title shot against uh, Bobby Roode and Chad Gable. Are you pleased to see the Revival as number one contenders? Always. Chen? Yeah, I just hope this is just a, this isn't a one-off. Like they're actually putting main focus on the tag team division now. I wouldn't get too hopeful. And the other thing we saw was an Intercontinental Championship open challenge from Dean Ambrose. He successfully beat Tyler Breeze in, well, a match. And Seth Rollins came out afterwards and had another beatdown angle. Do you guys still care about this Ambrose versus Rollins feud? I'm just surprised it took them that long, sorry, to get to the gas mask reveal. Oh, it's Seth. Yeah. They were patient. They give us a few weeks. Yeah. There's some fans on the internet who just went, it's the Undisputed Era. It's the Undisputed Era. There's four of them. It's the Undisputed Era. It's like, no, I don't get too hopeful. They're going to, I mean, they made a storyline that they're going to dominate 2019. So, no. I'm still interested, interested in this feud. Um, I hope it goes to WrestleMania. And as for Tyler Breeze, I was actually happy to see him get some TV time. I, I think he's very, very talented. I did love what he did in NXT. He's had a good week. First being on NXT and now on Raw and title matches and he looked good in both. So that was the key points of Raw. Let's move on to SmackDown. First and foremost, at the very top of the show, Shane McMahon declared that Paige was removed as general manager because the McMahons were taken over. What do you think's next for Paige and do you agree with her not being SmackDown GM? I didn't really like her as GM um, but at the same time I get why she was GM but I don't know what's next for her because she can't wrestle. Commentary, perhaps. She's got a couple of months, I imagine, of promoting the movie and then they'll work out something to do with her. Anyone's better than Renee Young on commentary. What? Get out of here. Renee Young's bad. I don't Shut care. Up. I like Renee. I like Renee. Be- better than David Otonga. But anyway, that, that's just me. Um, and then straight after that, <laughs> we saw Lynch and Sh- uh, Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair challenge Ronda Rousey after what Ronda did. In the main event of the TLC pay-per-view, that led to Oscar coming out saying that she's a champ now. And then Mr. McMahon of all people came out and revealed that Naomi is the next contender. And then they had a SmackDown Women's title match there and then. What do you guys think of the match in general? Or what do you think of Naomi's time? First of all, I was very surprised to see Vince on SmackDown. Um, yeah. As for Naomi, I always thought she was a very, very good wrestler, but maybe her time has gone as well. But it's good to see her having a great match with Oscar. But I think character-wise, maybe her time is gone and she just needs a new character now. Okay. 
Jason? Um, I guess, on this one, I'm, again, looking at the bigger picture, I was surprised Vince was on SmackDown. You know, he means business if he's turning up on SmackDown. It doesn't happen very often. But I'm trying to work out what this means in terms of Charlotte and Lynch and Oscar and Ronda going into Rumble. Yeah, I felt the, just to say the SmackDown Women's title bit, yeah, it was a, it was a fine match. It wasn't anything special. Oscar was clearly going to win. The Lynch, the Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair promo I thought was pretty good. Again, continuing their rivalry, it won't surprise me if it ends in the triple threat match at WrestleMania. Is, I think that's the best that's direction to go into. I have it. We have a triple threat rather than a one-on-one. I don't really mind. I think it is going to be triple I feel, threat. I think they're on the same level. And really, I think the Lynch-Charlotte-Flair rivalry deserves that WrestleMania also, feud and deserves that WrestleMania main also, event more than you, Ronda Rousey. Also, you got to remember, this match was originally meant to be Charlotte versus Rousey. Becky got so popular, she made her way into this match. Yeah, that that is very true. But, you know, she deserves it. Yeah. And speaking of people who deserve things, Mustafa Ali is officially on SmackDown. And not only that, he pinned the WWE champion of all people, Daniel Bryan, on his first official match as a SmackDown wrestler. Jason, what do you think that means for the uh, superstar from Pakistan going forward? Yeah, I'm a big Ali fan. I thought they were going to be building 205 around him going to Mania. I don't think he's going to be on SmackDown and 205, or he's just purely on SmackDown now. That's mm. what I'm not clear on. But I think he might end up losing quite a few matches on SmackDown, but he'll be putting on great shows. He's going to be the plucky underdog. Yeah, the new Sami Zayn, perhaps. Yeah, pretty much. I really, really like this match. Um, I hope that other Cruiserweights see this as motivation that they can get featured on SmackDown, hopefully. Yep. And um, Almas looked great, and I was just thinking, once AJ wraps up his food, his food with Daniel Bryan, let him start a rivalry with Almas. They'll get Almas over. Wouldn't mind seeing that, actually. And I would I really, not mind seeing that. I really like Corey Gray's commentary where he was bringing up uh, educational stats in this match, during this match. Okay. I... Don't really remember that too much, to be brutally honest. But uh, yeah, I thought it was a good match. I think Mustafa Ali botched the finish because I think he said something to Daniel Bryan's like, uh, I think he hit the yeah. hit the reverse four fifty and I think one knees landed on that. Yeah, that looked a bit dangerous. And I- spoiler: Daniel Bryan's fine because he appeared on next week's edition of SmackDown. This was pre-taped <laughs> this week uh, and did a promo segment with a couple of people. Also, that move that the. That one of my favorite moves I saw in that match was when Daniel put Ali in the dragon sleeper. That just Ooh. looks so amazing. That's good. That's good. And lastly, uh, just to touch on the tag division again, Gallows and Anderson and Sanity are back. Yay! <laughs> Do you think they'll move on in terms of number one contenders and the bar will have something new to fight? Yeah, I think they're going to shake it up a little bit. I think Gallus and Anderson are very, very talented, but the only reason they're on TV right now um, mm-hmm. is because their contracts run out in April. And they did say in their promo they haven't been featured on SmackDown for like four months. Yeah, that was strange to hear, but at least, you know, and WWE if- acknowledging their failures is it's refreshing. Yeah. So I'm just going to quickly wrap this up. So which show do you think was better this week, SmackDown or Raw? I'm going to start with producer Chris in the corner. I quite enjoyed Raw this week. Mm. I enjoyed SmackDown. I'm going to go with Raw. I'm going to go with Raw too. So Raw wins for the first time on this show. So speaking of things winning, or maybe losing, up next is our our last segment of the show, our weekly segment of the show, and the segment you're looking forward to the most, I'm pretty sure. It is The Ring of Dishonor. Hey you! 
If you like the podcast, then remember to like the Holy Shoot Wrestling Podcast on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Holy Shoot Pot. Do it! Do it now! So, lastly, it's our weekly segment to close the show, The Ring of Dishonor. For those who haven't joined us on the pod before, it's like Room 101, but wrestling in an audio format. And we also totally did not this steal this concept from a well-known wrestling YouTube channel. Each week, one of us will nominate something that they would like to see enter the Ring of Dishonor. The other three people on the podcast will decide if it is worthy, or shall we say unworthy, enough to enter the Ring of Dishonor. Last week, Chen submitted those who argue for Chris Benoit to be in the WWE Hall of Fame to the Ring of Dishonor. The rest of us agreed, and that became the third entrant into said Ring of Dishonor. So, from that dark turn, Chen, we were guaranteeing something a bit more cheerful to end the show this week. Since Chen submitted something last week, he is exempt from making another submission this week. So therefore, Jason, I may ask you to spin the wheel to see whether Chris, yourself, or I has something to submit. I'm going to spin the wheel so we can make the deal. And the wheel has chosen... Oh, it's chosen me. Ooh. <laughs> we actually have this on the screen, ladies and gentlemen. It's amazing. This is legit. This is an actual legit wheel. Okay, so I will nominate for the Ring of Dishonor chair matches. <laughs> So it's quite topical. I mean, Ray's tried to ruin this a little bit for me this week because he's actually did some innovative stuff in that chairs match. But it's the most pointless match stipulation ever. I think the first one that I remember is John Cena and Wade Barrett, where Wade Barrett came out during the Nexus feud with Cena. And they're having the end of the feud. And it's like, I want to fight you. I really want to hurt you. So I want to fight you in a chairs match, which has never happened before. Fight you just, in a chairs match. But it just I've so got happened, some bad news. <laughs> it just so happens we have a pay-per-view called TLC coming up and we need to have a chairs match because we've already got one with ladders and tables. So, you know, let's do that. I think when you look at it, it never makes sense. Why not just have a hardcore match? No, we're going to have a match where the focus is on weapons, which are only chairs, and we don't use any other weapons. We only use chairs, which makes no sense. That's pretty much my submission. So... Two things. Most pointless match. There's got to be anything on a pole. Secondly, or War Games 2000. That, that is a really pointless, fucking awful match. Secondly, they had a stairs match one year between Big Show and Ryback. I think it was those two. And that oh. was even worse. Mm. That basis alone, I'm, I'm just going by your argument. I'm not entirely sure if I'm going to uh, agree with you there. Chris... This is actually quite a, a tricky one because I really don't care about chair matches. Um, so, uh, but you've made a, a, a convincing argument. So, yeah, I'm putting it in. We haven't decided yet. We're going to have a bit of a discussion, Chan. Yeah, I think those ma- those type of matches are so bloody pointless. Although, since you referenced the John Cena Wade Barrett match. That ending spot where all those chairs fell on Wade Barrett at the end of that match was amazing. Did you not like that bit? I I like that bit. No. <laughs> you just said you just went. You considered that right there, and you went. Oh. You're I like, oh shit! No, no, I thought no, that happened. Yeah. And I thought about it. I thought, is there any reason I would say yes? And I went with no. I'm telling you though, Baron Corbin versus Kalisto. Yeah, your your boy, Baron Corbin, Chen. Versus Kalisto two years ago. I thought that was actually pretty good for a chairs match. And I think there's a couple of in, in, yeah, innovative spots uh, in the one we saw between Ray Mysterio and Randy Orton. Where they went, you know, it's, the, the, it's, I, it's, it's more it's the not, fact that why do we need a chairs match? 
Why do you need a ladder match? Why do you need a table match? Why do you need a stairs match? Yeah, the stairs match definitely goes in the same group. I mean, you know, why, why do you have Judy Bagwell on a pole match? I'll submit Judy Bagwell and <laughs> stairs matches next week. Or was it, I don't know, wait, was it on a fork? Yeah, it was on a forklift, but you know. So at, at the end of the day, I think Mysterio showed us that it's not about the stipulation. It's like how you work around it. As long as you're good enough and creative enough, you can put on a good match. Yeah, exactly. I think Chen's got that spot on. If, if I'd won last week, I could have definitely had a stronger argument. Damn you, Ray. Yeah. So shall we just put this to a vote? Chris? Into the ring of dishonor. I'm going to go because I want Chen to have the deciding vote because I'm not sure what he's going to vote. I'm going to say no. I actually don't mind the chairs match. It doesn't really bother me either way. So you haven't convinced me with your argument. Most pointless match ever. Sorry. Stairs. Stairs match. Table ladders and chairs and stairs. Ugh. I'm going to put it in the ring of dishonor. No. Only, <laughs> hear me out. Only because I think most of the wrestlers right now are not that as creative as Rey Mysterio to oh, do something. No. Put on an amazing match using chairs and stuff. So, yeah. I'll put it in the ring with Dishana. Oh, another one bites the dust. Well, there you have it. That is the latest entry to the ring of Dishonor. I was hoping to keep the chairs match alive, but, you know, Jason just had to ruin it. So there you go. So next week we'll be doing something different. We'll be talking about the best of 2018 and the best of 2018 only. But that is all from us here at Holy Shoot. We hope you have enjoyed the show and remember to subscribe to us on all good podcast outlets and some bad ones too and give us a good old follow on the social medias. And also, do not hesitate to give us a five-star review on iTunes if you do love us. However, that's the bottom line because this pod says so. Bam, 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 bam. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> Hold your piss in for one second. <laughs>